Thank you for choosing to listen to this message. At Coastal, we believe in changing and enriching lives through the power of the word. We pray that this message would be a blessing to you. The Father's Day one looks like. <laughs> so it's so good to see you all. Happy Mother's Day. And I'm so excited to share the word with you this morning. It's going to be a little different. Um, but I just want to honor the EXO team. Please, all those that were part of the EXO yesterday, the conference, the helpers, the minions, Fred and Denise, please stand. It was an amazing, so proud of you. I have to tell you, it is the best marriage seminar conference I have ever been to. I have been to a lot, and Rod and I had vowed we're not doing another one, ever. But I'm telling you guys, come. And there's an internal secret. This morning, I asked my husband, sweetie, is this okay? Am I looking okay? He goes, what's on the menu? <laughs> That's the inside joke, okay? Guys, let me teach you a lesson. Learn it now. When your wife says, do I look okay? Do I look fat in this? You are in trouble no matter what you do. I'm sorry. Yes, sweetheart, you look great. You lie. No, sweetheart, you look fat. I want you to have camera issues. Eh? It keeps coming. Okay. So, today we are going to just honor. Ready? I need you to please just come here quickly. Um, if you can just follow, I don't mind if you go ahead of me on there, but we are going to honor this morning the oldest mother. So if you can put that slide up. Who is the oldest mother? You're going to have to tell your age here. Sorry for that, eh? It used to be Marie Samuelson. She's graduated. So please, who is, let's start at 80. Who's above 80, ladies? 85. 85, 86 going once, 80, how old are you, 87, 90, no, <laughs> she's the oldest in the house, we have a gift for you, if you can give her this one, this next one, I love it, can you put the slide up Sharon, the longest labor, but you got to read what this says. Yeah, right. So, who had the longest labor? 24 hours. No, mine was more than 24 hours. Okay. 48 hours. Wow. Twice. Wow. Who had a long labor? How long? 28? Two days. Shame you get a gift for sure. <laughs> Yay. All right, who had the heaviest baby? Heaviest baby. Your mom. Oh, James, Sabrina, your mother gets flowers. Where is she? She doesn't get flowers. <laughs> who else? Who's? 10-3. So you can't get two, though. So how long? You get it. So that one. Oh, who? Karen, how much? 
Ten eight. What was yours? I would win the longest baby. My son was three inches longer than average. And he's six foot eight today. (laughs) Oh, I don't know. I've written it down. Okay. So I know that a lot of moms here have lost children. And I know that Mother's Day can be a happy occasion, it can be a sad occasion. There are those that have lost babies in the womb that were never delivered. Those that were delivered. Um, Tom and Linda, they held their two grandsons for I don't know how long, hours, before they passed. There are others that have, want to be mothers and can't. There are those that have adopted and become mothers. And there are those that have only had kids for a little bit of time. So... We usually, at one time we gave everyone, but there is one particular lady or one particular family I'd like to give this to because it's white. Excuse you. Where's Ruth? <laughs> the reason you get the white one is when I was praying for you this morning, I just felt Holy Spirit say, your son Jeremy is in his glory. I just see him with a white light shining. It's okay. So my heart goes out to all of you that have lost someone. Some of you I know personally. One family, we married their son, buried their son, and would have baptized their granddaughter, and that was Scott and Melanie Cruz. So Melanie... We love you, appreciate you. Thank you. Also, she, they've been, she's been like a mom to me. So, But my message today is perfectly imperfect because that's who I am. We need, want tissues, anybody? <laughs> I keep mine here. Perfectly imperfect because that's who I am. And quite honestly, that's who every single one of you are. If you say you're perfect, you need to pray for some humility. And I'm just going to have a little bit of fun with you, and we're going to run through some of these little jokes. So you could put the first slide up. How many women can marry, can a man marry? Is the question that a little boy asked. A little boy was attending his first wedding, and after the service, his mother said to him, Son, do you know how many women a man is allowed to marry? Oh, 16, he responded. His mother looked shocked, and she said, how do you get 16? Oh, it's easy, the little boy said. All you have to do is add it up like the pastor said. Four better, four worse, four richer, four poorer. Make 16. (laughs) So I thought that was quite good. Hey, let me tell you, one's enough. Another one. A little girl asked her mother, how did the human race start? The mother answered, God made Adam and Eve. They had children, and so all of mankind was made. The little girl walked away, and two days later, she asked her father the same question. The father answered, many years ago, he says that there were monkeys from which human race evolved. So the confused girl returned to her mother, and she said, Mom, 
How is it possible that you told me human race was created by God and dad said they were developed from monkeys? So the mother answered, it's very simple. Both are true. I told you about my side of the family. <laughs> he told you about... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> and this one's a little bit serious. As a parent, my responsibility is to, my priority is to get my child into heaven, not into Harvard. Too many parents are more concerned about their child's education than they are about their spiritual well-being. I've always said, if God had to send my kids to China forever, but they serve God fervently with all their hearts, I would make that sacrifice than have them right here with me, never serving God. Amen? Okay, the next one. This is to my children. Never make fun of helping me on the computer stuff. I taught you how to use a spoon. <laughs> <laughs> then the next one. You can't come from dust, you will return to dust. That's why I don't dust. It could be someone I know. <laughs> I love these. Okay, I got two more. These are two moms having a conversation. Mom A, I have the perfect son. The next one, well, does he smoke? No, he doesn't. Does he drink whiskey? No, he doesn't. Does he ever come home late? No, he doesn't. Does he mess around with girls? No, he doesn't. Well, I guess you really do have the perfect son then. How old is he? He turns six months on Wednesday. <laughs> and then the last one. The quickest way for a parent to get a child's attention is to sit down and look comfortable. <laughs> then they want your attention. So today, I'm going to share with you about perfectly imperfect which every single one of us are. And I love telling people I am imperfect because then it keeps me dependent and reliant on the one who is perfect. If I was perfect, why would I need him? I need him day by day, breath by breath, moment by moment. So anyone else who is in this imperfect family with me, please put your hands up. Yay, look at us. We're all imperfectly perfect people. I love it. I want to thrive in life, not just survive. And I really believe, especially as mothers, a lot of us are just surviving. We're just getting through, just getting over one hurdle to the next. I want you to know, even in ministry, Rod and I for years just survived. And one day we woke up and we said, no more. We are going to enjoy this journey instead of enduring it. And our motto has been, you can just change your attitude. Either you can thrive or you can survive. I want to thrive. Amen. Philippians 3.1, it says, finally. I love when Paul says finally. What does finally mean? Take note. This is the end. Finally, my fellow believers, continue to rejoice and delight in the Lord. Not moan and groan and be miserable. What is joy says? The joy of the Lord is what? My strength. How do you get that joy? In his presence is what? Fullness of joy. Get out of the news. Get out of the media. Get out of Facebook. Get out of what they say. Get into the word and get your joy back. And start to thrive. Amen? Surviving in life is not simply living life. 
while thriving in life means loving life. So I'm going to read something to you. This is great news. I'm going to read to you about Dr. Benjamin Carson. Has an incredible story. He is a renowned neurosurgeon at John Hopkins, and he tells a moving story about his mother, Mrs. Carson. And she insisted that Ben and his brothers Curtis write a book report every couple of weeks. This wasn't for school. This was for their mom. Ben and Curtis dutifully obeyed. About the time he was in junior high, Ben finally realized something quite shocking. His mother couldn't read. For years, Ben had read books and scratched out reports, assuming that his mother was checking every word, but she didn't have a clue what he was saying. Now consider this. Raised by an illiterate mother, Ben grew up to be a world-famous surgeon who was featured in many articles and was the author of several books. His illiterate mother didn't twist her hands over her lack of learning and gave up hope for raising intelligent boys. Instead, she gave the boys what she had, interest, accountability, and the courage to demand extra hard work. And that comes from his own book, Gifted Hands by Ben Carson. So, parents, don't you tell me that you lack or you don't have enough or you can't make it or you don't have this or you don't have that. Give what you have. Little is much in the hands of the Lord. Give what you have. Expect and see your children as God sees them and treat them that way. This mother never once treated her kids like, you're going to be illiterate, you're not going to be able to do this. She esteemed them. Matthew 5, 48, it says, Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Let's read it from the Amplified. And we're going to bring some sense to this. It says, You, therefore, will be perfect, growing into spiritual maturity, both in mind and character. Actively combining godly values into your daily life as your Hebrew father is perfect. Now, I want you to see there, it says growing in spiritual maturity in mind and in character, spirit, soul, body. Where we lack as parents is allowing our children to develop in character. We allow their gifting to run their lives over their character. Your character has to carry your gifting. I don't care how anointed appointed you are. If you're not kind and compassionate and show the love of Jesus, you can sit in the back row. I don't care if you can sing and play like the angels. Angels are not going to hear you and neither are we. Perfect in the Greek is teleos, which means being mature. And in the Hebrew, it's tamim, which means wholeness. So when God says, be perfect like me, he says, I'm bringing you into wholeness. I'm bringing you into maturity. It changes that whole scripture around. I'm going to give you an example of, you know, the opposite of perfection is not imperfection. Sorry to tell you English scholars, which I was. It's reality. It's possibility. It's the magnificent points that are around the bullseye. You might not get the bullseye, but you might get a one. You might get a 20, you might get a triple. doesn't mean you're not going to get anything. So I'm just going to share with you here about some of our flaws and mistakes. We, don't, we have quite a few actually, but you're not going to hear them all. Working with reality, the mistakes of flaws gives us the information we need, not only to persevere, but to start again. So we had, 
when our daughter was growing up, we came here and we had an incredible youth. And we'd gone a couple of years and the youth, they went out and they'd come back. And I had one mom come to me and she said, Val, can we come to a mutual agreement here with all the mothers? You allow Natalie to come home at 12 o'clock some nights. My children have to be home by 10. So I said, I looked at her, I said, no. I said, because my daughter hasn't given me reason to distrust her. Yours have. So this is what happens. I was trying not to knot this, but I did. Yeah, you know me, huh? No dinner for you. <laughs> so, this was Natalie. Our trust. I said to Natalie, we're going to let you go because we trust you. She never gave us any reason to distrust her. But you break that trust, guess what? I'm going to pull you in. Now I don't trust you anymore. No, hold it. You're not done yet, please. <laughs> that doesn't mean it's the end. So we have this thing is, okay, I have to watch you, nurture you as a parent. So as you start to obey, guess what? That trust level is given back again. So, and I also want to tell you, thanks. <laughs> Don't put old heads on young shoulders. Don't come at your children with the same spirit. If they're angry and ranting, come with love. Come with understanding. Because I'm telling you, if you get in the same boat with them, you're going in the same direction. Disaster. That was for free. <laughs> Parents, you will always be parents to your children. Friendship comes later. Today, I cannot tell you this more. You are not there to be your child's friend. Sorry, children. Yes, you can be their friend. They have lots of friends. One set of parents. We are one son. We went through a difficult stage when he was 17. And we had to, we grounded him for a month, which meant that he's nine years older than his sister. So Natalie was six. He was 17, or however old it was. So he had, the only places he could visit was Natalie's friends, who were six. <laughs> so he looked at me one day and he said, you know, Mom, I don't like you. I said, well, son, the feelings are mutual. I don't like you either right now. <laughs> but I love you. And there's nothing you can do that will change that love. And my boy, I'm not sure to be your friend, so I don't care if you don't like me, quite frankly. One day you'll thank me, and one day I'll be your friend. And honestly, he is the kindest, sweetest, most loving, gentle giant you can ever find. And he thanked us. And I'll tell you another thing. When the counselors took him in, they wanted to blame us. Do you know what Nathan said? And I was so proud of him. He says, don't blame my, blame my parents for this. This was my bad decisions. Yes. <laughs> they, always, they always want to blame the parents. So then why don't we blame God for Adam and Eve? They made bad choices, but we don't blame God. Our kids are responsible for their own choices. Don't you feel guilty? Don't fall in the trap. Smile at them and go, you're not hurting me. Because that's their intention. They want to hurt you. Hurt people hurt people. Rather they hurt you and you grow through it with them than they hurt someone else. Amen? Mary, she wasn't the perfect mother. At the wedding... She put her foot in her mouth and she said, Jesus, please solve this problem. Turn this water into wine. What did Jesus say to her? 
Woman, it's not my time. Don't, kids, don't do that to your parents. <laughs> take, can you take the trash out? Woman, it's not my time. <laughs> she wasn't the perfect parent, but Jesus honored her anyway. And then there's another thing. I know I'm jumping all over the place, but I had so many things I wanted to pull together, but it all means the same thing. Proverbs 31. Oh, ladies, how many of you hated Proverbs 31 teachings? Be honest. Be honest. I still do because they're a load of rubbish. You've got to let Scripture interpret Scripture and read it for what it says, not for what some man thinks it should be or some woman thinks it should be. The whole book of Proverbs is poetry. Most of it is two-line poetry, which sometimes seems where they say one thing and then they're saying another, but it's bringing the two together. So what was Proverbs? I'll tell you exactly what Proverbs was. It, it was poetic in the Hebrew day, and it was going through the Hebrew alphabet of what certain women had accomplished. So you have it. There were 22 lines in the poem. Each one begins with a successive letter of the Hebrew alphabet. It's an acrostic poem. So in this poem, she manages a fleet of ships. She runs a farm. She manages a staff. She sews like a fashion expert. She cooks, cleans, homeschools her children. She has a feast waiting for her husband when he arrives home, and that's not lying there nicky naked. It's a real meal. <laughs> this is church. We're, we're allowed it. She simply put, she's super mother with a cape that flies her children to the next appointment. If we were to see this in English and translate it in English today, it would say, A is for the apple pie she baked. B is for the baby she loves. C is for the cleaning of the house. And Z, Z is for the zoo that she runs in her house. <laughs> so I want you to get away from that thing of this is what a woman is supposed to be. I've, we, I've been compared to that. Also, comparison is not scriptural, is it? So here's another thing that always bothered me. Right in the middle of Proverbs 31 is an instruction for the men. Do you ever hear about that instruction on Mother's Day or Proverbs 31? What's the men's instruction? Right stuck, snuck in the middle, 21, 23. Her husband is well known for he sits in the council chamber with other civic leaders. So if I'm supposed to be superwoman, why aren't you sitting with the civic leaders doing your job? You can't just cut, anyway. Do you agree with me? So all I'm trying to say is it's a load of hogwash that we've been taught and we've been trying to live up to this standard. And when you can never, I always say, lower the bar, raise the standard. Lower the bar. I can, if you make a hurdles thing this high, I'm going to go, I can do it. Make it this high. Heck no. Lower the, lower the bar. Let's raise the standard. So Proverbs 31, ladies, go and read it with different eyes. And anyone that wants to put a teaching out like that, you tell them it's a load of hogwash. <laughs> Amen? I want you to know. And then it's so funny because at the end it says, a wife like this. Who can find her? <laughs> you can't. Why do you think that was put there? I would say, uh, there's this little joke of a skeleton of a, um, 
of a lady sitting at the bus stop, and they go, a woman waiting for the perfect man. <laughs> None of us are perfect. And we love you men. We couldn't do without you. When a woman becomes a mother, when a man becomes a father, there is certainty that pain will, it will come with it somehow. It's part of the deal. The crosses are different for every family, but they come. There may be divorce, disease, death, harsh words, unacceptable actions. There may be tough love, impossible nights. There may be abandonment. There may be rejection. But a mother called by God never relinquishes her title. Never. Even in a child's rebelliousness, harshness, cruelness, her heart is always mother. Always Yeah, I'm going to skip a whole lot out here. You know what's lovely? Something that I saw when I was studying this this week, which I hadn't seen before. Do you know that gender saved the world? God used the womb. He borrowed the womb of a woman. And he couldn't do it the way of the world. So what he did is there was no sex, no physical intimacy, because that's how the world takes everything now. So everything has to be around sex. He says, I'm going to take this intimacy. I'm going to borrow a womb and I'm going to create my son. Isn't that amazing? Galatians 4, verses 4 to 6. It says, but when the time arrived and was set by God, the father, God sent his son born amongst us of a woman, born under the conditions of the law. The conditions of the law is that if you are not married, you do not have sex. It's still the conditions today. So God took that law and fulfilled it by impregnating Mary without having sexual intercourse. We've got to see how clever God is. Amen? He says, born under the conditions of the law so that he might redeem those of us who have been kidnapped by the law. He has, he has honestly redeemed us. And you know, there are biblical examples of women in the Bible that have struggled and suffered and come through. Eve was one of them. She was the first mother to lose one child at the hand of another. Rebecca, Isaac's wife, he preferred Jacob over Esau. Jochebed, she was the caring mother of Moses who had to give up her own child so that generations could be saved. So if you think you're suffering, just look at them and be encouraged. I always say, if you're having hardships with your children, find someone who's got a naughtier kid, then you're encouraged. <laughs> Don't find the one that's got the better kid. <laughs> so these are 10 things that moms never told you. 10 things that mom never told you. You made her cry. A lot. She wanted that last piece of pie. <laughs> it hurt. She was always concerned. She knows she's not perfect. She watched you as you slept. She carried you a lot longer than nine months. My daughter, she broke up with her boyfriend a year ago. A lovely guy. She'd been dating him for two years. And she was sobbing. And sobbing. So she flew me to Aspen to be with her. And that's what I love here. Is I carry, my daughter's going to be 30 this month. I still carry her. It was hilarious because I went there and she had a plant. She doesn't have many plants. And this plant was wilting. I said, Natalie, this looks like your love life. 
It broke her heart every time you cried. She put you first. And the last thing is she would do it all over again. As life says, we're all in the same boat. We're all in the same storm. But we all have vastly different sailing skills than others. And I just want to give you some ways out as a parent. Personal examples. I was hopeless at doing homework with my own children. Anybody? Give me my sister's kids, anybody else's kid, not mine. So I would phone my sister and we'd switch because she was the same as me. She'd take her kids, I'd take mine. Guys, find a solution. Don't just sit there and wallow and lash out at the child. Find the solutions. Keep using your go-to strategies and let go of guilt and let God. Try to let go of some of your to-do list items. Limit social media. Establish boundaries where possible. Don't isolate yourself. Stay connected. Focus on short-term goals, and if you really need help, please get professional help. There's nothing wrong with it. And I'm going to just, I love this quote. I have to throw it in here as a parent. Parents, it's not your job to convict your kids. It's not your job to judge your kids. Yes, we are called to judge, but there's a difference. If you can put that slide up by Billy Graham. I live by this. I breathe by this. I quote this every time. It is the Holy Spirit's job to convict. God's job to judge. And my job to love. Holy Spirit's job to convict, God's job to judge, my job to love. Love your kids. Surviving in life is not simply living. Thriving means loving life. I am imperfect. I'm going to ask all the teens, or let's say if you, well, all the children, please can all the children stand. The younger children, not the 30 and under, no, 25 and under. If you can all stand, please. I know life is not easy. I know parents are not easy. But we know you're not easy either. But we want you to know we love you. And you have a voice. And we want to hear you. So please speak to us. You know, I I tell my kids, I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know what you want. I don't know what you like. I don't know what your struggles are. And parents, I want to tell you, there is no such thing as a problem child. And if you've said you have a problem child, you need to repent. Children have problems. They are not a problem child. And you know, they don't even understand their own mind. How are we supposed to give them grace, give them mercy? And I want you to know, you guys, you have a hope. And you have a future. And I think you went through one of the most difficult times of life when you were isolated and separated. For us, it was different. We'd had a lot. Some of you missed graduations, missed birthdays. It was a lot on you. And none of us can understand because we didn't go through it at your age. So I want to say well done. And we cheer and champion you on. Amen. Thank you. This is the first time 
in my life, maybe not, because then I, I might be a liar and I don't want to lie. I would like every single one of you to please take out your cellular devices and turn it on. Every single one of you. If you have one. Um, Sammy Bertha, I don't think you have one. It's in the car. Okay, but you can do this later. Please do not check your emails or your text messages. You got it? If you have an iPad or whatever you can, just if you can get it out. We all had a mom, and those moms, living or dead, good or bad, provided for you and to us life. We should at least give thanks to our mothers and all our mothers or those that have been a mother figure in your life. So right now, I would like you to send a text message. I appreciate you, mom. Thank you. Happy Mother's Day. Whether it's a spiritual mom, whether it's someone, if your mommy's gone, Lisa, sorry, send it to me. <laughs> but I'd like you, please. And honestly, then you can send it to your daughter if you don't have anyone to send it to and go, you know what? I'm so proud to be your mom. Every single one. We should find one person, give that person's telephone number and we all send one message to that one person. <laughs> we know your number. <laughs> I want to encourage your parents. Mom, please do this with one hand. Can you raise your one hand and then do this? Good job. Do you know that I say to my kids, I know I've wronged. I know if I could, there's some things I would do different. But I want to tell you, ladies, I don't live in regret and I don't live in guilt because guilt is from the enemy. I live, I get convicted, yes. And I refuse for people to go, well, don't you regret, don't you regret. Where is regret going to take you? Nowhere. So I got, I would have done it different, but I'm telling you, I'm not going to live in regret because I can't change it. I cannot change what was, but I can change what is and what's going to be. I always stay accountable. I learned a lot from my sister. Don't be too proud to ask for help and learn from others. I'm going to ask Fred if you can just come up, please. There are some of you moms, I'd like you all, please, just to close your eyes. I don't want anybody looking. There's some parents, I don't want to just isolate this as moms, but there are some parents that are going through a lot. And sometimes you just feel, God, I, I can't breathe. I want you just to raise your hands if that's you. You don't have to stand, just raise your hands. Father, I just thank you that you really are the God of the impossible. You make a way where there seems to be no way. Even when I don't see it, God, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, God, you're working. So Father, we hand these situations to you. Father, we hand our children to you. They are only on loan to us. They're yours. This is your problem, not mine. This is your issue, not mine. Help me, Father, to be the conduit of love because love covers. 
It's the goodness and the kindness of God through me that brings a man to repentance. Help me. Father, help me in my weakness. Help me with my words. Let them be sweet and let them be life. Help me with my attitude so I can help my children in theirs. Father, work in me. And thank you for giving these kids a hope and a future which is beautiful and flourishing and powerful. In Jesus' name, amen. And if any of you do not know